You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. I know we're doing a Christmas party tonight, but is there anybody in that house that came ready to hear God? Come on, make some noise. I know, we're, I know we're having fun. I know we're looking extra festive. We're jingling. We're, we're lighting up in different places in the room. But I just want to know, did anybody come ready to hear a message tonight, a word from God? I hope you came, I hope you came expectant. We're going to jump in because I want to make sure we have plenty of time for the Christmas games happening directly after this message. So we're going to power through this. Um, now, you know, coming into this week, coming into this week, you know, I knew... We're doing a Christmas party. It's Pack the House. I'm going to preach on the Christmas story. And uh, that's what I thought coming into this, and I still am. But that's a lot easier said than done. I don't know if you know. It's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to preach on the Christmas story. But then you get there, and you're like, that's, that's kind of harder to do. And so I found myself with a lot of ideas, a lot of different directions that I could go, but just kind of like, God, I do not know where you want me to go with this message. Like, what do you have for our new song students this week? And I remember on Monday, I found myself doing something that I do most Mondays, because Monday's the day I'm praying and asking God, what, what do you want me to say to students? And it's, talk to my wife, Haley. Now, um, just uh, a heads up for the men in the house, or the dudes in the house. Make some noise. I'm going to give you some really good piece of advice. My nugs. I'm going to give you a nugget right here, okay? All my dudes in the house who are not married yet, one day, one day you're going to get married. And I'm just going to tell you right now, your future spouse, your future wife, is going to be, next to the Holy Spirit, one of the greatest tools in your entire life. And all the ladies said amen, right? No, for real though, all my dudes, just when you get there, when you're married and you get there, you can remember, oh yeah, Pastor Jackson told me this. I'm telling you, if you would ask your wife, talked about her with things, the Holy Spirit speaks through your wife, your future wife. And she'll give you direction, and she'll help you out. So Monday night, I'm like, hey, I'm like, Haley, I need some help. I'm talking through this, and I didn't know where to go. And she was like, hey, all you got to do is give them something they can take home for Christmas break. Which, by the way, who's excited for Christmas break? Oh. So I was like, I was like Haley, that wasn't you. That was the Holy Spirit. Thank you for that. So I come in Tuesday. I read Matthew chapter 1, and boom, my message was right there. It was right there. So I want to get into it real quick. This is it. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is the Christmas story. We're going to read about the nativity scene a little bit. Check this out. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. This is how Jesus came. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, that means engaged. She was engaged to Joseph before they came together. Now, time out. What does come together mean? That's just like a fancy biblical term for, like, you know, sex. Okay? They hadn't done the thing yet, right? Okay. Are we we clear on that? Just want to make sure. This is a very important part of the story. They had not done the thing yet. Okay, I'm just going to leave it at that. They hadn't done the thing yet, but she was found to be with child. That's weird. What? So she had a baby from the Holy Spirit, and her husband, Joseph, 
being a just man, which by the way, you know that was an awkward conversation. Like Mary coming to Joseph and she's like, Joseph, I've got some really exciting news. I'm pregnant. And Joseph's like, but we didn't, what? Who's the dad? And then she's like, it's God. And Joseph's like, okay, are you sure about that? God, okay, what? That's a really good excuse, Mary, because I can't argue with God. And then check out what happens. God confirms it. Look at this. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And so right here, the angel, because the angel knows, Joseph, is, or Joseph knows God's word. And so he tells Joseph an older scripture in Isaiah 7, 700 years before Jesus was born, talking about Jesus. Look at this. He uses this to help Joseph believe. It says, Behold, the virgin, which is Mary, shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means, somebody say it with me, God with us. And Eman said amen, right? That's right. Emmanuel, not that Eman, though. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. Eman's cool, but Jesus is a little cooler. So tonight, check this out, New Song students, with the short time we have together, I want to give you something to focus on this Christmas season. I actually want to talk about something that you can take with you wherever you go. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're traveling, if you're busy, if you're happy, if you're sad, if you're church, if you're in church, if you are whatever, fill in the blank. There's no limits to this. You can take it anywhere. And it's this thing, God with us. And it's the presence of God. We talked about it a lot in worship today, which that was not planned. That's just how God works. He's really cool like that. So if you're taking notes tonight, write this down. The title of the message is God with us, period. God with us, period. Let's pray before we get into this word. Father, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you so much for this Christmas season and what it means, God, that we get to celebrate that we were once dead, but one day you came into Mary's life and you worked a miracle in her life and you gave her a miracle baby that would soon be the miracle for all of us to step into. And that's life with you, God. And so as we walk into this Christmas season, may we not forget, Lord, in the middle of the busy, in the middle of the traveling, in the middle of the presence, in the middle of all the hecticness of Christmas, may we not forget that you are with us. God, that you are with us, that we carry your presence wherever we go. We can tap into that wherever we are, no matter what, period. And so, Father God, I pray that you would teach us this tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody say amen with me. Come on. Okay. So tonight, we're talking about God with us, and there's, there, this is really something that we see through the life of Jesus, we see it through the death of Jesus, and it's something that Jesus gave us access to as Christians. It's called the presence of God, and we talked about this in service during worship. We, we've talked about this a lot recently in New Song Students, actually, but when the Bible talks about God's presence, the presence of God... When we're talking about it, we're, we're not referring to his omnipresence. 
omnipresence. Who's ever heard of that word before? Omnipresence. Now, if you're somebody who's like really into theology, which that word means the study of God, or if you go to OCS, you've probably heard of these words before, or, or any private Christian school. But here's what you need to know about God and us. You and I are created in God's image. That's pretty cool. That means that there are qualities in you and me that when we're walking with God, we look like God. But we ain't God, right? I'm not God. You're not God. So what are the things that make God different than us? Well, it's actually the three omnis. There's three things about God, characteristics about him, that make him different than any other living being in the universe. And I want to give them to you real quick. The first one is this. Um, And by the way, omni, that word, all that means is all. Somebody say all. Omni means all. So the first omni is this, omnipotent. Omnipotent. If you're taking notes, write that down. Omnipotent, which means all-powerful. And this simply means if he's God and he's all-powerful, he can do whatever he wants. In fact, I've heard people sometimes talk about, like, stories in the Old Testament and stories in the New Testament. They're like, yeah, but it doesn't make sense, like, parting, the, parting a sea in two. And I'm like, yeah, if you were trying to do it. But guess what? My God's all-powerful. So he can kind of do whatever he wants. God's all-powerful. Or how about this? Like, man, you mean God put himself in a baby and he's fully God and fully man? Like, how does that work? I don't know, but I do know God's all-powerful. And this this is a characteristic that makes God different than us because guess what? You're not that powerful. In fact, the only times I'm kind of powerful is when I forgot to brush my teeth and my, my breath is very powerful. That's kind of the only time that I'm really powerful. But other than that, I can't do a whole lot. But God can because he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful, and that's a good thing because he's God and you're not. Next one is this, omniscient, which means all-knowing. Somebody say all-knowing. So remember, omni means all. Can anybody tell me what that second word in this, verse, in this word is? Science. All science? Is that what that means? No, no, no. What does science mean? Well, science, by definition, is the pursuit of knowledge by studying the natural world. So what is that? That's what you and I do. We do science so we can learn, so we can grow, so we get smarter, and we do that by looking at the world around us. But guess what? God is different because he already knows everything. He already knows everything. There's nothing he could learn that he didn't already know. In fact, Scripture talks about it like this. It says, before you even say a word out of your lips. God knew what you were going to say. He says things like, before you were even formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. That's really cool. That's because God knows everything, past, present, and future. He knows the end from the beginning. He's bigger than us. He's all-knowing. And then the third one is this, um, omnipresence, which means all-present. And this one simply means, it's kind of obvious, God's everywhere. God's everywhere. And we see this characteristic pop up in a verse you're probably familiar with. It's Psalm 139, verse 7. It says this, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your, what's that word? Presence. Presence. Look at this. I like this. If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there too. Basically, David, in this scripture, he's trying to give us a head start and like, hey, you don't really want to try and play hide and seek with God. Because you're going to lose. You're going to think you found a really good spot, and God's just going to be, like, looking at you. And you're going to be like, dang it, I thought this was good. That's because God's everywhere. He's 
everywhere. You can't escape it. Doesn't matter where you go, God's there because He's everywhere. But we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and if you remember, we said that just because God is everywhere present doesn't mean that you are automatically connected to Him. Just because God is everywhere doesn't mean you're actually connected to Him. Because there's plenty of people that don't know God. Are they automatically connected to God because He's everywhere? No. That's because there's a difference between God's omnipresence and the presence of God that we tap into. In fact, write this down. God is always with us, but we aren't always with Him. God is always with us, but we aren't always with Him. Him. That part is up to us. Look to your neighbor and say, that's up to you. If you want to be in the presence of God, God's already made it available to you. That's up to you. And this is what I want to talk about tonight. No matter what, the Christmas story tells us that Jesus made a way. That God is with us, period. There's no stipulations. There was nothing after that. God with us if you're good. God with us if you're happy. God with us if you're in church. Did it say that? No, no, no. It said God with us. And I'm telling you, you want to be connected to the presence of God. If there's any option in front of you, I promise you, the option to be tapped into the presence of God is always a better option. You know why? It's because there's benefits to being in the presence of God. When you're connected to the presence of God, here's just a few, just to name some. Psalm 1611 says this, you make known to me the path of life. How many of you would like to know where to go in life? There's a lot of decisions to make. I would like to know. Yeah, guess where you find that? In God's presence. Look at this. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. Come on. Who doesn't want fullness of joy? I want fullness of joy. I'll take that. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Who? Anybody want to take pleasures forevermore? Yeah. I think everything in that verse sounds pretty good, right? I'll take all of those things. Look at this. Next one. Exodus 33, 14 says this. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Do you know rest is another benefit of being in the presence of God? How many of you would say, yeah, I could use some rest in God? I'll take that. I'll take that. Okay, so these are just a few benefits. Fullness of joy, rest, paths of life, direction, all these things. But here's the best one you get from being in the presence. James 4, 8 says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So check this out. You don't just get benefits from being in the presence of God. You get God. And you know what what that means when you get God? You get to tap into the omnipresence he wants to give you, the omnipotence, the all power he wants to give you, the all knowing, all of those things that God has that you don't have, Guess what? You tap into those in the presence of God. It's kind of like this. Honestly, the presence of God is so much like the internet. (laughs) And there's no better way to look at it because how many of you know the internet's pretty big? It's pretty vast. It's an endless source of entertainment and knowledge and you can learn from it. You can tap into it 24-7 whenever you want. It's pretty dope. It's everywhere. It's floating around us right now as we speak. The internet, ooh, spooky. It's just everywhere. I don't know how it works. Because I'm not a scientist, but I know it's there. Because I got a phone and it's connected to the internet right now, right? So the internet's everywhere. But just because the internet is everywhere, just like the presence of God, does that mean you're automatically connected to the internet? No. You need something to connect to it. You need like a Wi-Fi router. 
or you need a phone, or you need a cell tower. And, you know, I think today we take the internet for granted because, you know, it used to be a lot of work to be connected to the internet. Like, think about this. We, you know, we're so used to, you know, you know what's something that we take super for granted? Wi-Fi. Um, And uh, this is going to make me sound like the old guy in the room because I'm about to do a whole back in my day thing. But for real, back in my day, back in my day, we didn't have Wi-Fi. And I know I'm not that old, but for real. You know what Wi-Fi means? It means wireless connection. So you can wirelessly connect to the Internet. Now, that to us today, that's like, yeah, duh, of course you can. But like 10 years ago, that was a big deal. In fact, I remember one year, my brother and I, we got an Xbox for Christmas. And we literally, the only reason why we wanted this Xbox was so that we could play online. We wanted to play Halo. Yes, we wanted to play Call of Duty Black Ops, the original. Uh, so check this out. Check this out. We got the Xbox, but this was before Xboxes had Wi-Fi built in. And did you know that was a thing? There used to be Xboxes with no Wi-Fi. Kind of crazy. And so where our Xbox and our TV was, there was no internet cable that was close by. So we couldn't play online. It was kind of lame. And so my family knew a guy in our church who worked on internet stuff. I don't know. He was like a cable guy or something. And he came over and he, was, and he helped us. But it was a lot of work. He actually had to go into the attic. He had to take like a 100-foot Ethernet cable run it through all the walls, all the way to our Xbox. I'm telling you, we had to do all of that just to get internet. How easy is it to get on the internet today? It's so easy. It used to take a lot of work, though, to get connected to the internet. And I think Wi-Fi is something that's easy for us to take for granted because it's so easy to connect to. And in the same way, you know, I think about the presence of God in this way because, you know, before Jesus, this is what makes the Christmas story so incredible. Before Jesus, you know, it was a lot of work to get in the presence of God. Like, you couldn't just, you couldn't just show up and be like in your room one day, God, I'm here for you. Fill this room. I want to meet with you. I want to speak with you. No, you couldn't do that. You had to have a priest. And they had to do everything for you. In fact, they had to do a lot of work because you had to have a temple. You had to have an outer court, an inner court, and a holy of holies and the most holy. And you had to have sacrifices, the incense burning. You had to have everything perfectly right, and you could still have priests go in and die. (laughs) Like, the presence of God was no joke before Jesus. It was a lot of work. It was kind of like the internet before Wi-Fi. But Jesus shows up, and he changes everything. Because his name literally means God with us. God with us, period. And Jesus' life from start to finish, from birth to death, preaches this truth. That God is with you. Look at this. Uh, in, in, in the first moments of Jesus' life, before he's even born, we see the angel telling Joseph, hey, his name's going to be Emmanuel, which means God with us. Fast forward to his death. Look at the first thing that happens the second his life leaves his body. Matthew 27:50 says this. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was split in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. Now, why is that important? Well, because the curtain was the thing that separated you, normal person, from God. 
from the presence of God, the thing that we just tapped into. You couldn't do that. And Jesus' death, the second he dies, represents, boom, presence of God is out. I'm with you. It's available. It's accessible to you no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. Can I get an amen? amen. This is what Jesus did for us. He is God with us. David Guzik says this, talking about the veil we just read about. The veil was what separated the holy place from the most holy place in the temple. It was a vivid demonstration of the separation between God and man. Notably, the veil was torn from top to bottom, and it was God who did the tearing. So God was the one who made the way, because he said, this is my son, God with us. And if there's anything that we can take away from this message, this Christmas story, you know, it's not just about Jesus' birthday. I'm all for that. Happy birthday, Jesus. We can get a cake and everything, right? But the Christmas story, I'm telling you, is so much more than that. We have so much to celebrate because this is what the Christmas story is. It's God with us. It's God with us, period. Doesn't matter if you're a pastor or a student. Doesn't matter if you know God's word a lot or don't know God's word a lot. Doesn't matter if you prayed yesterday or you did pray yesterday. God's word, God says he's with you, period. But I think sometimes, and it's easy for us to do, we all do this, we put limitations on God's presence. Because I think if we didn't put limitations on his presence, we'd be connected to him a lot more. We'd be connected to him because there's benefits, and he's the best option. But we're not always connected to him. And I think before we close tonight, I just want to look at three limitations that we put on God's presence that were never meant to be there. Are you ready for them? I'm going to hammer them out to you real quick. First one is this. God is with us in our disappointments. God's presence is with us even when we're disappointed. Let's be real. We've all experienced disappointment before. Every single person in this room. In fact, the Bible clearly makes it, he makes it clear to us that just because we're Christians doesn't mean our life is going to be perfect. Doesn't mean it's going to work out exactly the way we wanted it to. And because of that, you're going to experience disappointment in life. That may be from outside sources. That may be from a prayer that you prayed for years and years and years that you never saw answered. We've all experienced disappointment, but can I, can I tell you something? God is with you in your disappointment. And I believe God works all things together for the good of those who love them. Do you believe that? So check this out. I want to look at a story real quick that helps illustrate this. And it's with another group, another couple in the, in the nativity story that we don't talk about a whole lot. And that's Zachariah and Elizabeth. And Zachariah and Elizabeth, they became parents of this kind of weird dude named John the Baptist. Who was like living in the wilderness and eating locusts and honey and looked all scraggly. But the Bible tells us that he was one of the greatest men to ever be born. So he was legit. And this is what happens with, uh, with Zechariah and Elizabeth. Look at this. In the days of, of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he was a wife. Or, and he had a wife. He, no, he wasn't a wife. That would be weird. He had a wife. From the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all of the commandments and statutes of the Lord. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as a priest before God when it was his division on duty, according to the customs of the priesthood, he, had, he was chosen by lot to enter in the temple and burn incense for the Lord. Now, we've got Zechariah and Elizabeth. 
And according to Luke, they really loved God. Like they weren't just your typical like, yeah, we love God and we go to church. Bible says that they were righteous in the sight of God. So they were big time, for real. They loved God. They served God. And God says he saw them as blameless. And so Zechariah is this priest, and he got chosen to go in and burn incense in the temple. And this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for priests. In fact, most scholars believe that Zechariah was chosen randomly out of 18 to 20,000 other priests. And this happened once a year. So this moment for him is a big deal. It is a lifetime, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for him. And he goes into the presence of God, and look at what happens. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled, which I would be too, because angels are scarier in real life than the way we think. The Bible makes angels real scary. So check this out. He was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Now, time out. Remember what it said about John and Elizabeth. They're old. They're, like, really old. And she's barren. She's been barren for a long time. And the angel shows up, and he's been praying, and the angel says, Hey, I'm so excited, Zachariah, because guess what? Your prayer's been answered. And you know what Zachariah was thinking in that moment? I was not praying for a son. <laughs> I was definitely pr- praying for God's people. I wasn't praying for a son, because guess what? That was a prayer that him and his wife had given up on a long time ago. And I believe that that was a disappointment that they had to wrestle with. That was something, they were praying for a baby for a long time, clearly, because the first thing the angel says is, your prayer has been answered. But that was something him and Elizabeth had laid down long ago. Here's what that shows me. Even in our disappointment, man, God is working something. You have no idea what God is doing in the midst of your disappointment. You know what else I love about this? It shows us that even in disappointment, Zechariah and Elizabeth still served God. They still served God and trusted God and followed him so much to the point that God said, you are blameless. But God is with us even in our disappointments, even in the midst of our loss. Second thing is this. God is with us in our limitations. God is with us in our limitations. You know, you and I, we put limitations on ourselves all the time. Limitations that were never meant to be there. We we think, well, I I can't be with God the way Pastor Jackson's with God because he's a pastor. He probably hears God better than me. Or I, I can't be with God in that way because I don't have the vibes right. I don't have the worship music right. Or I don't know enough prayers to pray. Can I tell you, we put limitations on ourselves that keep us from the presence of God that were never meant to be there. Wow. In fact, I love this. The angel shows up to Mary, and she had a limitation. And I love the response that the angel said to Mary. Look at this. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and his name will be Jesus. He will be very great and will be be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign in Israel forever. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I am a virgin. So she's got a limitation. 
How many of you would say that's kind of a big limitation if you're trying to have a baby? Yeah, that's a big deal. She said, I have a limitation, angel. I haven't done the thing. We haven't, we haven't done the thing, right? And the angel replied, look at this response. The Holy Spirit will do it. That was good. Somebody did not get that. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will, sh- the Most High will overshadow you. Here's what I want to say to you, New Song students. We put limitations on God, and this is God's response if you'll accept it. The Holy Spirit will do it. I don't know how I'm going to get over this sin. I don't know. I've been struggling with it my whole life. You know why? The Holy Spirit will do it. You don't have to do it because the Holy Spirit will do it. He's where the power is. Amen? This is where God's presence is. And his last one as we get ready to close tonight is this. God is it with us in our ordinary. And this is a big one. God is with us in our ordinary. Because I don't know if you knew this, but ordinary is a limitation that we put on God's presence all of the time. We think, well, I'm not, I'm not in, I, 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 I hear God best when I'm in church. Or I hear God best when there's a message playing. But not like when I'm in the car. Not when I'm with my friends. Like, God's presence can be there too? Yeah. It can. God's presence is with us in the ordinary. And we see this in the life of Jesus because before Jesus was born, how many of you know, there was a lot of extraordinary things happening. And when Jesus uh, steps into ministry in the last three years of, of his life, yeah, would you say that was a lot of extraordinary stuff that Jesus did? Yeah. So Jesus' life starts with extraordinary. Prophecies, stars falling around all over the place, wise men, all of this extraordinary stuff. His life ends with extraordinary miracles, healings, death on the cross and resurrection. But you know what his life was for 30 years? Ordinary. Think about that for a second. Jesus' life for 30 years was ordinary. In fact, this is the only thing we know about Jesus' life for 30 years. Luke 2.39 says, When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law for the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. This is when Jesus was a baby. There, the child grew up healthy and strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. And that's all we get. Besides him going to the temple as a boy, That's all we get until he shows up on the scene 30 years later. You know what was filled with with those 30 years? It was filled with him being a normal teenager, him taking on his father's business as a carpenter, him being a brother, being a son. But how many of you know Jesus experienced the presence of God? He was tapped into the presence of God more than any of us. You know what that tells me? That tells me that even in our ordinary even in our mundane, even in your most boring day. Think about that. You have an opportunity to meet with the presence of God. And the only thing holding that back, it's not God. Because this is what Christmas is all about. He already made the way. God is with us. It's on you. And here's what I want to take with us into the Christmas season. Would you invite the presence of God in? When you're with your family and you're doing ordinary family stuff, Would you invite the presence of God in? Would you tap into God's presence? I challenge you. When you're in the busy, when you're traveling, when you're having a hard conversation with somebody, are you going to limit God's presence to church? 
to a service or are you going to tap into it 24-7 whenever you want because that's what Jesus did for us. God is with us. This is the message of Christmas. This is what I want us to leave with, to take home on break. In fact, I want to invite everybody to bow your heads.